0: All right, we're recording. Hi, you're listening to Higher Learning. This is a podcast that explores multiple perspectives as we discuss love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. Higher Learning. My name is Lee. I'm 21 years old. I identify as a bi-gender individual on the non-binary spectrum of gender. I am of Peruvian and Filipino heritage and I am currently living in Toronto with uh, four of my friends and my two birds and my boyfriend.
1: My name's Rachel. I'm an 18-year-old, white, middle-class, straight, cisgendered woman. I live in Mississauga with my boyfriend for the time being while I'm in school.
2: My name is Amtal, and I am a 20-year-old straight cisgender Muslim woman from the middle class living in bond with my family.
0: Today on Higher Learning, we are going to be exploring a research question that we have developed for a research essay for Sarika's class. And today our research question is, how do hate groups utilize social media to infiltrate safer spaces for queer and trans people of color? We will be breaking down sources that we have found that pertain to the subject that we will be discussing today.
2: The source I found on our research question is a panel discussion from the second Queer Internet Studies workshop in which an expert named Oliver Hammondson shared their research on trans identity in digital spaces, which comes with many opportunities but also many challenges. Oliver speaks about the transition, disclosure, and identity difficulties using social media, like Facebook.
0: The source that I found for the research question comes from opendemocracy.net, which, if it makes you feel a little bit skeptical, um, you're in your right mind to feel that way. With that being said, this is a relatively recent piece of news, not as recent as it could be, but from November 2018. This was written by Sophie Henry, and she prefaces the article by stating, social media platforms have policies against discriminatory and hateful content, but LGBTQ rights activists say that they're not working. The article goes on to discuss the ways that trans people have faced a deluge of hatred and an increasingly hostile environment, both offline and online. This article was pub- published following the discussion of reforms being made to the Gender Recognition Act in the UK which would make it easier for trans people to change their legal gender. As a result of that the change in public acceptability of transphobia has radically shifted within the last six months. The majority of the contributors to this discussion have been trans women but have only contributed anonymously largely out of fear of receiving these forms of transphobic abuse such as misgendering, dead naming, which is more of a community term which refers to somebody utilizing a name of a previous gender in addition to other hateful content.
1: The source I have for a research question is from Pink News written by Nick Duffy on the topic of Facebook. So Facebook just from 2018 till now has made over a million dollars from ad revenue from hate groups and $500,000 from that has been made from promoting promoting anti-LGBT hate groups. They run ads displaying gay people as evil, targeting transgender people saying men don't belong in women's sports, they're stating gay people are pedophiles, etc. And I've actually found another source on Facebook which relates that Facebook has been blocking many gay-themed ads as a part of their new advertising policy. And with that...
0: We are going to be moving on to a little bit of discussion now that we've briefly discussed some of our sources. So, how does social location, or rather, our social location affect our interpretation of these sources? Since I'm starting off, Again, I talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I am of mixed ethnicity, 21 years old, and I identify as a bi-gender individual. And I feel like reading the sources that I've read, um, I don't feel like a lot of mainstream media outlets really cover things that pertain to my specific experience as a brown, trans, queer person. A lot of these A lot of experiences of violence and marginalization get swept under the rug. So to hear about violence occurring en masse in the UK, when I contextualize that sort of aggression towards trans people, um, I understand that most of this discussion is really centered around white trans people. As I feel in most communities, in spite of their marginalization, um, Racial identity really offers a kind of power and visibility that most people don't have on their own. And I just feel like even though this article is really talking about how these groups, or not even how these groups, but like select individual individuals with hateful intention and malice are able to kind of infiltrate seemingly neutral spaces like the internet to kind of cause harm where normally they wouldn't be able to access these spaces in real life.
2: My social location influenced my understanding of my source as a Muslim woman who used to live in the town of Bradford, being the only person of color. Having to constantly explain my religion and the hijab I used to wear while racist jokes were made was very difficult and did not feel like a safe place as school should be or online on social media platforms. These jokes became very aggressive and violent. Being a person of color means that accessing safe places, digital or real life, is not always guaranteed.
1: Before I came into this program, I could see a little bit how this question could have been clouded by my social location. But as the program goes on, um, a lot of my mindset has changed, and now I'm just one of those people who sees it how it is. Like, Facebook shouldn't be like this. Facebook shouldn't be taking away ads from gay people and giving the ads from the anti LGBT group. So. All right, so let's take a quick break before we jump into
2: it.
0: All right, and we're back from break. So we're going to be talking about our sources. Do we love them? Do we hate them? Are we using them? What's going on? All right, um, Tool. your source. How are we feeling about it? Do we feel like it accurately kind of conveys what the question is asking of us?
2: Um, although the source is from 2016, I find it very informative and it's really well written by Oliver. I just don't find it very useful to use for my argumentative research project. My source does acknowledge the challenges for trans people in digital spaces, but not the racialized queer and trans people on social media. I feel Oliver does not incorporate multiple perspectives either. This may be because of the lack of conversation on these challenges in the digital space for trans people and the changes that need to be made for social media platforms to create safer spaces for them. Oliver explains in the panel discussion that, and I quote, online harassment of trans people in particular, there is not really anything that I've found that has been published on this yet. He missed in 2016. I found this to be true while doing my own research and finding my own sources for this project.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely important that, like, you acknowledge that, like, or that an, or, or that the source acknowledges that, like, the trans identity is inherently, like, it inherently is intersected mm-hmm. with, like, the racialized identity because we have yeah. to remember that there are so many, like, Black and Brown trans and queer people of color that have really like pioneered these communities that have allowed queers that belong to, for example, like white communities to become a part of gradually. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in doing that, we've just Mm -hmm. kind of like forgotten who has really started these things. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, in order for like a source to be accurate, like I would, if I, if I wanted to give, give a source any credibility at all, um, I would have to hear about, like in terms of discussing transness, I would have to hear it from the mouth of like a, like a person of color, you know? Yeah,
2: like different perspectives, especially, not just one
0: one area. Exactly. Because I feel like um even with media too, it's so easy to just er- racial erasure is so real within the media. How many trans people have you heard about dying this year? Because there have been hundreds that nobody's yeah, talked
2: yeah. about. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, Rachel. So how are you feeling about your source? Are you loving it? Are you hating it? Are you using it? Are you losing it?
1: Mm. Well, I hate I hate it, but I love it. I love the information that that, that it's giving me, but I hate the information that it is. Um, okay, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, I follow. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use it, of course, because I think it really just shows how how these hate groups just take over social media and they use their money just to take away safe spaces from people that that they have, and that's no, they only really, really have.
2: Mm-hmm. No, this yeah, everything.
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. The online is like such a
0: big part of, like, especially if you grow up, like, queer. Yeah. Like, the online community is such a big Mm -hmm. part of, like, forming identity because, like, for example, like, I didn't know anybody else that was queer in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But I did know a ton of people that lived in, like, America or, like, Brazil, like, that that were queer. It's Mm -hmm. just that there's so few people, you know.
1: Yeah. And they're just taking it away from them. It's just, it's messed up. Like, it's their own. That's how you used to talk with your community. Exactly, and just infiltrating yeah. that, which is just Yeah. And so. like doing it
0: in a way where it doesn't give people a choice. Like using Facebook platforms, like you can't alter, you can't alter like the operating system that Facebook is. Like you're forced yeah. to be you're you're forced to see these things, these things and you were continually like exposed to them because ads are a big part of like how Facebook generates revenue. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, no, it's really yeah. interesting to um think about how all of these hate groups like Infiltrate all of these systems in real life, like and online.
1: Yeah, and how people just let it happen. Yeah. Like they're taking away from the gay people that they can't have an ad yet. Yeah, they're giving those ads to so the anti LGBT. Like, yeah. It just doesn't make any
0: sense. It
1: doesn't add up. It really doesn't add up. Yeah.
0: Make up your Seriously? mind, take a side and
1: stick on it. So, Lee, what about your source? Do you love it? Do you hate it? What's the tea? i am the T
0: is is that i'm different towards news sources because i feel like they aren't really covering the meat of the conversation this might be the first time that like mainstream like cis awareness is being raised of trans existence but trans people have known that they've been around for like a really long time mm-hmm. yeah. um and again i feel like like if the media thinks this is bad like wait till they hear about like black trans women just dying in parking lots and being found in like suitcases on the sides of roads you know nobody checks for them nobody looks for them When officers do look for them they refuse to identify some individuals from time to time because they're not presenting the way they do in their health card for example I don't know there are a lot of systems of oppression that I think are like it's like a it's like a web that's kind of like a net that's been cast out over a general surface um and I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of those webs are really on top of, like, media exposure and how these stories get told. I think that I will use this source as a point of reference um, for discussing the ways, like, the more literal ways that people, like, infiltrate the spaces. Like, in the article, um, Sophie was really, that's the name of the author, Sophie was really talking about how um, people were, yeah, again, like, paying for Facebook ads or paying for, like, paying for spaces to be visible so that they could utilize them against not necessarily specifically people of color, but trans people altogether. And now, a quick aside from Um,
2: I wanted to speak about how uh, Facebook especially, I feel like, doesn't have proper gender options because when you make an account, it's either choose Facebook Uh, female or male and a lot of trans people find this very difficult because some people just don't identify as either and there's a lot of um making facebook accounts multiple facebook accounts is actually against facebook policies and i feel like a lot of trans people feel like they have to make multiple accounts because they don't feel like they are able to really put out their identity
0: no absolutely um Also, I didn't know that Facebook had the one account rule. I have five. (laughs) Like, they they definitely don't know. Yeah. Not going to catch me. And it's all under the same name, too. Oh, really? I just kept forgetting my password and just remake it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is really interesting to think about how, like, even on, like, an operational level, like, how these websites make it hard for people Mm -hmm. to just kind of, like, exist. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of privilege in just seeing, like, the male or female options and being like, okay, like, I'm one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. But... I don't know, that's like a really, it's like a really small thing, but those small, it's like those small things that collectively make you feel like it's like an environment not designed for you. Not designed
2: for you, yeah, you just don't feel comfortable as soon as you try to make any sort of social media account. I feel like a lot of social media platforms just don't have that option of, like, different, like, they're just either male or female, and it's just not fair. I feel like they really need to change that up.
1: You can't be yourself, really. Yeah. No,
0: honestly. And even when you are yourself, again, um, I mentioned it briefly earlier, um, but my friend being banned from Tinder for being trans. I don't even, I think it was, I'm not even going to say it was the algorithm's fault. I honestly think it was the people. Like, Definitely. people are transphobic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know?
0: 100%. And they were just like, it was just people that would like message her. They'd be like, honestly, like, using all these terrible slurs yeah. get off this website like your man like blah 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 xyz yeah. I'll show you your day if you show me mine like all this really horrible invasive stuff that she has mm-hmm. to be subject to you know yeah. like she yeah. was just like she was just chilling I don't know like
2: yeah just it's crazy like Tinder should honestly be a safe place like you're literally just looking for love <laughs> or like yeah. anything or hookups it doesn't matter but it's crazy how that can even become a dangerous space for a trans person like that's just insane it's exactly. not fair
0: and, like, furthermore, like, pe- not only were people sending her hate, mm-hmm. but she was the one who got banned from Tinder yeah. yeah. as opposed to all these people. But it was because, basically, I guess a bunch of different trans folks would report her profile for because she had to choose between male or female. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, I'm a woman, so I'm going to choose female, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but some people just feel like it's in their right to question those things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think going forward, like, algorithms, and not even algorithms, but, like, social media systems have to recognize that, like, Basic, like basic recognition of trans identity isn't going to solve the problems that the community faces as a whole yeah.
1: yeah but like
0: it's a good start in making people mm-hmm. feel like they belong in society because yeah. they do but like, we've always had a place here and trans people have always been like the core of a lot of wisdom and knowledge of course you know yeah. like dating back before the pre-columbian era all right so with that being said um what do you think the answer to our research question is given the sources that you have read through for this.
2: My current answer to my research question is that hate groups continue to harass and infiltrate safe spaces for queer and trans people of color on social media by abusing and taking advantage of the anonymity and freedom of speech that social media offers to everyone. I think that raising more awareness to make a change on what hate groups are capable of doing in digital spaces against queer and trans people of color needs to be made to eliminate the violence and harassment that has continued happening to this day.
0: And yeah, uh, kind of just bouncing off what Amtool said, um, I think that while the sources that we found have been like kind of just like from contemporary news um, and they haven't really dove as deep into the issue as we would have liked, I think that they give us a really good, I think that these sources give us a really good insight into some of the violence that's happening on like a surface level, but also on an internal level. Mm -hmm. Um, So, basically, my answer to the research question is that the same way that we have these oppressive structures in real life, these are paralleled on the internet, and that in order to go about kind of making meaningful social change, and allowing trans and queer people to access the internet as a neutral space, we need to start cracking down on systematic internet use and policy reform regarding safety and privacy settings, um, in addition to allowing more fluidity and option for identification. Or at the very least, we should remove the need for identification at all. People should just be able to chill online, but that's my business.
1: That's my personal perspective. Um, But, yeah. Okay, so now my answer to the research question is um, how hate groups just use more than their power to infiltrate these safe spaces. They use their money, their financial wealth, to distribute these ads everywhere. Seeing these ads everywhere normalizes hate that the LGBTQ gets everywhere. This keeps the hate groups relevant and in the media for everyone to see.
0: All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you for thinking deeply and connecting honestly with us on Higher Higher Learning. Learning.